For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lux presents Hollywood. The Lux Radio Theater brings you Ida Lupino and Basil Rathbone in Wuthering Heights. Ladies and gentlemen, your producer, Mr. Cecil B. DeMille. Greetings from Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen. And incidentally, it's good to be back in Hollywood. Like most travelers, I had a wonderful time on my trip across the country. And like all homebodies, I'm glad to be home. Especially glad when there's a play like Wuthering Heights to do, with stars like Ida Lupino and Basil Rathbone. For sheer drama and excitement, few stories can equal Wuthering Heights. It's a wild, tempestuous play, stormy as its locale in the bleak English moors. But through all that stormy atmosphere shines the clear light of one of the world's great love stories. The story of Kathy and Heathcliff. Kathy, the girl of distinguished family who had the world within her reach. And Heathcliff, strong-willed and proud, who had only Kathy. Emily Bronte's powerful story of Wuthering Heights has become an immortal classic. And Samuel Goldwyn did full justice to it in his fine motion picture. As Kathy in our radio production tonight, we present one of the finest young actresses on the screen, Ida Lupino, in one of the greatest emotional parts of all time. As Heathcliff, you'll hear one of the screen's finest actors, Basil Rathbone, in a part that only a fine actor should play. Last week, when I spoke to you from New York City, I told you how enthusiastically women from coast to coast had referred to both the Lux Radio Theater and the two products behind it. Lux Flakes and Lux Toilet Soap. Coming back, I heard the same story and more. I learned that people everywhere regard the Lux Radio Theater as a real American tradition. Just as they consider our two products, Lux Flakes and Lux Toilet Soap, important to modern American living. <laughs> I, find that, I find that I've become a three-way personality. Some connect me with the Lux Radio Theater, some with pictures, and others... Well, as one charming woman in New York said when my name was mentioned, DeMille. Oh, yes, Lux Toilet Soap. <laughs> that, that and your magnificent response to Northwest Mounted Police would warm the cockles of any showman's heart. Now we present the story of Wuthering Heights, a story written a century ago, but as modern as tonight's newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> 
The curtain rises on the first act, starring Ida Lupino as Kathy and Basil Rathbone as Heathcliff. Desolate and lonely are the rolling moorlands of England, where in the winter night the snowdrifts loom like giant specters in the teeth of screaming gales. About 100 years ago, a stranger lost his way on such a night. Freezing, blinded, and stumbling, he saw at last the fitful lights of an old manor house, aged and crumbling on the hillside. He knocked desperately at the door. It was opened by a doddering old butler who stood staring at him. Then, without a word, he led the stranger into the musty old living room. There, in the dim candlelight, a man and two women sat without moving. The man was tall and dark-skinned like a gypsy. On his face, the stamp of years of bitter suffering. At his feet, a dog growled ominously. At last... The man turned and spoke. Who are you? What do you want? My name's Lockwood. I've lost my way on the moors. Down, Wolf, down. Strangers have no business on the moors at this time of year, and no business here at any time. But I couldn't find the village. A man could die out there on a night like this. I'm afraid I'll have to stay until morning. Do as you please. I beg your pardon. I don't keep accommodations for visitors. You'll have to sleep with one of the servants. Heathcliff, you can't. He... He's our guest. And suppose you attend to his comfort. Ellen, show the gentleman to to the guest room, please. The guest room, mistress? Yes. There's no other place. Yes, mistress. This way, sir. Now, if you'll hold the lamp, sir, while I unlock the door. Of course. Mind you don't stumble on the carpet. It's about falling to pieces, I'm afraid. You call this the guest chamber? It was, once. It's a trifle depressing. May I light a fire? No fire will burn in that grate, sir. The chimney's been clogged for years. Hmm. Must have been a fine old house once. What's it called? This is Wuthering Heights, sir. And the tall chap downstairs with the piercing eyes. That'll be Master Heathcliff, sir. And the once lovely lady who looked at him with fear. That's his wife, Mistress Isabella. Well, good night, sir. And if you want anything, there's the bell rope. My name is Ellen. Thank you, Ellen. Good night. Good Lord. The window. The catch broke in the wind, sir. Stand back. I'll close it. shouting she's lost on the moor. What's going on here? A voice out there, a woman crying that she's lost. Then she's come. She's come again at last. 
Kathy, wait for me. Wait for me. He's not going out there in that storm. I'm coming. I'm coming, Kathy. This is insane. Come back. Kathy. Kathy. Close the window, sir. But that man out there. Close the window. Am I mad? Why did he go out there? What was that voice? You heard him call her name. It was Kathy. Kathy? Who's she? Kathy is a girl who died. I don't believe in ghosts, if that's what you mean. I don't believe in phantoms sobbing in the night. You don't believe. Well, perhaps if I told you her story, you would change your mind about the dead returning. Tell me her story. It all began the time I came to Wuthering Heights as a servant. That was 50 years ago in 1790. The place was different then. A sweet, well-kept estate. Mr. Earnshaw was master. A fine man who dearly loved his two children, Cathy and Hindley. One day, Mr. Earnshaw returned from Liverpool with a foundling boy he had picked up. A dark, savage-looking gypsy lad with the most dreadful marks of beatings on his back. Mr. Earnshaw called for me the moment he arrived. Give him a good scrubbing, Ellen, and put some of Hindley's clothes on him. Yes, sir. Come with me, lad. Don't touch me. Let me alone. Goodness. <laughs> now, son, Ellen won't hurt you. You're safe here. No one will ever beat you again, and you'll always have plenty to eat. Well, Hello, Father. Hindley and Kathy. Papa, who's that boy? Yes. Who is he, Father? Children, our little guest will pay us a visit for a time, as long as he wants a home here. He's dirty. Look at him. Oh, Kathy, don't make me ashamed of you. Hindley, he'll sleep in your room. In my room? I won't let him. He's a dirty gypsy. That will do, Hindley. You must learn to share things. Take charge of the boy, Ellen. And what will his name be, Mr. Runshaw? His name... I think we'll call him Heathcliff. Yes, sir. Come, Heathcliff. That dark, brooding boy, who never before had known kindness, brought a subtle change to life at Wuthering Heights. The three children seemed to play well enough together, going scamping off over the moors on their ponies and climbing the crags together. But neither Cathy nor Hindley were open and frank anymore. And one day, the children fought openly. Your father gave me this pony. It's mine. Give me that pony, do you hear? Or I'll tell father you boasted you'd turn us out when he died. That's a lie. I never said that. Of course he didn't. He did. He worms his way into everything father does for us. He'll cheat us out of everything. You never had a father, you gypsy beggar. You'll never get mine. Fancy that'll teach you. Hindley, he's bleeding. Serves him right. Gypsy, gone. Heathcliff, are you hurt? He's, 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 with that stone. Please, Heathcliff, don't look like that. Why don't you ever cry when you're hurt, like other people? Why should I cry? I'll pay him back someday. I don't care how long I wait, if I can only pay him back. Heathcliff. Don't say those things. Come, Heathcliff. Now Henley's gone. We can have a game at the castle again. Oh, I, I don't feel like playing at the castle. Please. 
You always smile and laugh when we're there. Come on, Miss Cliff. We'll play our game. So he's Cliff. Sit here beside me on the stone. And we'll look out over the moors. This is our castle. Castle? Just Tennyson Crag, and you know it. It's not either. This is your castle. And you're a prince in disguise. Tell me about it again. It's all true. Cross my heart. Your father was Emperor of China. And your mother a queen of India. You were kidnapped by wicked sailors and brought to England. Don't make fun of me, Kathy. I'm not making fun of you. You're really and truly prince. And I'm your slave. No. You're my queen, Kathy. And you'll always be my queen. I won't let anyone else make you his queen, do you hear? Yes, Heathcliff. You're queen. And that's the way they grew up. Wild and free, roaming the moors together. But Hindley grew more and more jealous. Cathy was 18 and Hindley past 21 when Mr. Earnshaw died. Good man, he never saw the evil of life and had raised Heathcliff like his own son. But on the very day of his funeral... You're not going into that room to look at my father's body. Why? He loved me more than he did you. He's past your wheedling now. I'm master of Wuthering Heights. If you want to stay here, we've need for a stable boy. A stable boy? That's all. Get out. And that's what he became. Heathcliff, who had lived under this roof as one of the family, was a stable boy. Well, give me a hand up to my saddle. Very well. Sir, you gypsy beggar. How many times must I tell you? Sir. That's better. By the time I come back in the morning, I want these stables scrubbed. Scrubbed, you understand? If they're not, I'll thrash you to my own drops. Heathcliff. Yes, Carter? Heathcliff, I heard him. How much longer are you going to stand this? I don't know what you mean. Look at you. Dirty and unkempt and in rags. Why aren't you a man? Why don't you run away? Run away? From you? You could come back rich and take me with you. Oh, why aren't you a prince like we said long ago? Why can't you rescue me, Heathcliff? Kathy, come away with me now. Now? But where? Anywhere. You mean leave as we are? Live in haystacks. Steal our food. Oh, no, Heathcliff. No, that isn't what I want. You just want me to go off alone. Well, that won't do. I've stayed here since your father died, been beaten and cursed like a dog, abused and driven mad, just because I could be near you. And like a dog, I'll stay to the end. To the end. Yes, Heathcliff did run away. The curses and insults were too much even for his great love. And so he disappeared. Cathay found a new world in her first introduction at Linton Manor, with Edgar Linton and his sister Isabella, both Cathay's age. Music and laughter were there, shining eyes and dancing, 
and it was escape from Wuthering Heights. Edgar Linton fell madly in love with Cathy, and they were constantly together. And then I remember so well. One evening, Edgar brought Cathy home in the pony cart. As quickly as I could, I tried to warn her. My hand down from the cart, Miss Cathy. Oh, oh Ellen, we had the most marvelous time. Judge Linton had guests from Liverpool. Cathy, come here. Excuse me, Edgar. There's something wrong in it. Heathcliff, Cathy. Heathcliff. When did he come? Last night. He talks so strange. Here he is now. Hello, Cathy. Heathcliff. Heathcliff, you said you'd stay away. Why were you gone so long? I didn't expect to find you here. Why were you gone so long? Because I'd met the Lintons. Because I was at their house. Because I've learned to dance and had a wonderful, delightful, fascinating time. Are you the stable boy? Would you mind putting my horse up for an hour? Yes. And you might wash your hands and comb your hair, Heathcliff. So I needn't be ashamed of you before a guest. And look after Mr. Linton's horse, please. Let him look after his own horse. Person, fellow. How can your brother allow such a beast of a gypsy stable boy to act like this? Beast of a gypsy stable boy? Of course. A roadside beggar giving himself airs of equality. What do you know about Heathcliff? Judging from this performance, all I need to know. He was my friend long before you. That blackguard? Blackguard and all, he belongs under our roof. And you'll speak well of him or get out. Kathy, are you out of your senses? Get out, I said. Or stop calling those I love names. Those you love? That stable boy? Yes. Kathy, what possesses you? Do you realize what you're saying? I'm saying I hate you. I hate the look of that milk-white face. I hate the touch of your soft, foolish hands. Some of that gypsy's evil soul has gotten into you, I think. Yes. Some of that beggar's dirt is on you. Yes, yes. Now get out. Get out. Get out. Kathy. Kathy, please. Come back. Miss Kathy. Ellen. Ellen, where is he? Where is he? Cliff, tell me. He's across the moor. Towards Penison Crag. Oh, he's Cliff. He's Cliff. You've forgiven me. Oh, say you've forgiven me. It was not your heart that spoke, Kathy. No, my darling. Because my heart is yours. Kathy. The clouds are lowering over Gimmerton Head. Yes. Oh, Heathcliff. See how the light is changing. Kathy. You are such a part of all this. Perhaps we belong to the Moors, you and I. Oh, Heathcliff. Make the world stop right here. Make everything stop and stand still and never, never move again. The moors never change. You and I never change. The moors and I will never change. Don't you, Kathy? I can't. No matter what I say or do, this is I. Forever. Kathy. Oh, smell the heather, Heathcliff. Fill my arms with heather. All they can hold. You're not thinking of that other world now. Don't talk, darling. Don't talk. All this might disappear. Ellen, Ellen, hurry, please. My hair's not nearly fixed yet. Well, what is the matter? Supposing you're not ready when your Mr. Linton gets here. <laughs> 
any young man who comes snivelling back after the way you treated him. But Ellen, I sent my apologies to him, didn't I? Of course he'll come. Kathy, I can't believe this change in you. Why, just yesterday it seems you were a stupid harem scarum child with dirty hands and a willful heart. <laughs> oh, that's my other nature, Ellen. I still have it. Used to fly around wild. But now I can coax it into a cage whenever I want to. Heathcliff. When are you in the habit of entering my room? I want to talk to you. Get out, Ella. I will not. I take orders Get out. from Miss... Now that we're so happily alone, may I know to what I owe this great honor? He's coming here again. Who? You know who I mean. That stupid fop, Linton. You're unbearable. Utterly unbearable. Why are you dressed in silk? Because gentlefolk dress for dinner. Why are you trying to win his puling flattery? I'm not a child anymore. You can't talk to me that way. I'm not talking to a child. I'm talking to Kathy. My Kathy. Oh. I'm your Kathy. Yes. And I'm to take orders from you. A dirty stable boy. Allow you to select what dresses I shall wear. And bow humbly to your horrible, wretched temper. Kathy. Where is your heart? You had your chance to be something else. You left here once. Well, why didn't you stay away? Now let me alone. That's right. The dirty stable boy can't come near you lest he soil your dress. But who soils your heart? Who turns you into a cheap, vain, ambitious fool Linton does? You let yourself be loved by him because you want to be a fine lady. Because it pleases your stupid, greedy vanity. Stop it. Thief or beggar is all you were born to be. Kneeling beside the road, begging for favors. Not earning them, but whimpering for them with dirty hands. So that's all I am to you now. A pair of dirty hands. Well, have them there. <gasps> have them where they belong. How dare you? How dare you? No. It doesn't help to strike you. belonging to her more than my own soul. I want to beg for a smile. I don't care if she loves Linton or whom she loves. If she'll only look at me, say my name. Oh, Heathcliff, you... Ellen, Ellen, she's coming now. Get out, Heathcliff. I'll wait outside the door. No, you can't. I want to be where, where I can see her, hear her. Oh, Heathcliff. Ellen, where are you? Oh, here you are. Yes, Miss Cathy. Has, has Mr. Linton gone? He just left. Oh, Ellen... Ellen, I have some wonderful news for you. Kitchen's no place for that dress. Come inside. No, no, Ellen, listen. Edgar has asked me to marry him. And what did you say? I'm to give him my answer tomorrow. Cassie, do you love him? Of course. Why? Well, that's a silly question. Because he's handsome and pleasant to be with. Not and... enough. Well, then, because he'll be rich someday. And I'll be the finest lady in the county. Oh, it'd be heaven to escape from here, Ellen. What about Heathcliff? Oh, Heathcliff. Ellen, he gets worse every day. It would degrade me to marry him. I wish he'd never come back. Ellen, what was that? I think... Oh, nothing. The wind, perhaps. 
Oh, well, my darling, if Master Edgar and his beautiful home mean heaven to you, you'd better enter that heaven and take your place among the Linton angels. The only thing is, Ellen, I wonder if I belong in heaven. I dreamed once I was there. And I broke my heart with weeping to come back to earth. To the bleak moors. The angels were so angry, they flung me back. And I awoke, sobbing with joy, on top of Wuthering Heights. So, Ellen, I suppose I've really no more business marrying Edgar Linton than I'd have in heaven. But, Ellen, Ellen, what can I do? You're thinking of Heathcliff. Who else? He's sunk so low. He seems to take pleasure in being mean and brutal. And yet, he's more myself than I am. Whatever our souls are made of, his and mine are the same. Everything he's suffered, I've suffered. The little happiness he's known, I've known too. Everything else in the world died. And only Heathcliff remains. Life would still be full for me. Who was that? Ellen. Ellen, I heard... Miss Cathy. Miss Cathy. Yes, Joseph. Heathcliff's taken Master Hindley's best horse. He's gone. Gone? Ellen. Ellen, did he hear what I said? Yes, Miss Cathy. How much did he hear? I am not sure, but I think to where you said it would degrade you to marry him. Oh, no. No. Heathcliff. Starring Ida Lupino as Cathy and Basil Rathbone as Heathcliff. On that stormy winter night a century ago, the traveler Lockwood sat in the musty guest room at Wuthering Heights, listening to the story told him by the old servant, Ellen. Outside, the wind swept over the moors, shaking the ancient house to its foundations. The lamp on the mantelpiece flickered, casting eerie shadows. Night when Heathcliff went away, Cathy ran far across the moors after him in the bitter cold, calling his name into the wind. Hours later in the morning, Edgar Linton found her half frozen in her silken party dress, unconscious on the crag the children used to call the castle. For weeks after she was ill, the Lintons took her to their manor house, and I was glad, for Master Hindley had grown unbearable with his drinking. The Linton home was heaven compared to Wuthering Heights. And so, day by day, the strange influence that Heathcliff had had upon Cathay wore off. And she was happy with Edgar. Why can't you remain here forever, Cathy? Oh, Edgar. You and your sister. You've been too kind to me already. If I can make you happy by just being kind, that should be enough for me. 
After all, what else can I give you? What else? But you've given me a great deal else, Edgar. You've given me your own self. Your strength. My strength? You'd understand if you really knew what my life was before. It was like the moors. Endless and desolate. And I was lost in them. Calling for... Calling for someone in the darkness to save me. And nobody answered. I couldn't see even the trace of a path. I was so frightened. So terribly alone. Then suddenly, you were there. You held out your hand and led me back to a way of living I thought I'd lost forever. What you said long ago is true. There was a curse on me. It kept me from being myself. Or at least what I wanted to be. It kept me from... Well, from living in heaven. There. Do you understand now? Kathy. Oh, my darling, let me take care of you forever. Let me guard you and, and love you. Always. Would you? Would you love me? Always? Always, Kathy. Then let's be married, Edgar. Oh, quickly. Quickly. What you call it after she became its mistress? The only one who did not seem completely happy was Edgar's sister, Isabella. A year or two after the marriage, the three of them sat in the drawing room. Edgar reading, Isabella playing the spinet, Kathy quietly doing petty point when the door knocker sounded. When I saw who it was, I went back into the drawing room. Yes, Ellen? What's the matter? Kathy. Heathcliff has come back. Tell him I'm not at home, Ellen. Not at home, darling? To whom? It's, it's Heathcliff. Heathcliff? Well, does he seem the same, Ellen? No, sir. I hardly recognized him. Fine clothes. He seems quite the gentleman. Don't prattle, Ellen. I said I didn't wish to see him. Nonsense, Kathy. It's been a long time. Bygones must be bygones. Yes, let us see some kind of caller. Uh, show him in, Ellen. Yes, sir. Edgar, this is a mistake. See, your hands are trembling. Are they? The past is dead, dear. Don't hesitate to smile and be nice to him. Because I'll understand it's my wife who loves me to smile. Oh, thank you, Edgar. You always understand. Mr. Heathcliff. Come in. Hello, Kathy. How are you, Heathcliff? Uh, have you met my sister, Isabella? Oh, I'm sorry. How do you do, Miss Nitton? We are glad to see a guest. Sir? Thank you. Well, Heathcliff, I must say, I've never seen such a complete change in a man. You seem to have prospered. <laughs> I must have gone to America. I did. We wondered where you went. <laughs> you must have found at least a gold mine. No. I merely remembered that my father was Emperor of China and my mother a Queen of India. I beg your pardon. So I claimed my inheritance. Kathy will understand. It's an old joke between us. I see. Staying long in the neighborhood? I'm staying the rest of my life. Really? I have just bought the horses, the cattle and the moors belonging to the estate known as Wuthering Heights. Oh, no. You mean 
Hathis Babur Hindley sold out. Yes, but he doesn't know it yet. I imagine it will be a shock when Hindley discovers his gambling and liquor debts were paid up for him by his former stable boy. Heathcliff. Heathcliff, you can't have done that. That's as underhanded a piece of work as I've ever heard of. If I'd known Hindley was in such financial straits, that his holdings were being stolen by a stranger... May I remind you, Mr. Edgar Linton, that I'm not a stranger? I am merely a neighbor. Now I'll say good night. Wait, Heathcliff. Well... I want you to know that we sometimes have friends who come here as guests, Edgar and I. You're welcome to come too, but not with the old scowl on your face or the old bitterness in your heart. Thank you, my old friend, Kathy, for the warning. Oh, I just remembered I forgot to congratulate you on your marriage. I've often thought about it, I assure you. May I now express my delight? Good night. Edgar, I think you behaved abominably. What? And you too, Kathy. What in thunder do you mean? You could at least have been civil. You dismissed him as if he'd been a, a servant. Do you consider him anything else? Oh, I find he's grown fascinating and distinguished. Really, Isabella? I hope I misunderstand. Well, you don't. We see all too few people. And I, for one, shan't be rude if he ever calls again. Oh, Edgar. I greatly dread what the future will bring. Nonsense, darling. I tell you the past is dead. That's all, Joseph. I'll occupy the master bedroom. Yes. You will stay on, of course. Thank you, sir. Uh, shall I pack... Master Hindley's things? No. Just move them out of the master's bedroom. He will remain under this roof. Master Hindley, sir? Yes. He gave me a roof once when I needed it. I take it he's drinking a great deal. Yes, sir. Though Dr. Kenneth has ordered him not to. Give him all the drink he wants. Uh, yes. Oh, a lady's waiting to see you, sir. A lady? From Linton Manor. Oh, why didn't you tell me? In future, announce visitors at once. Oh. Miss Linton. Are you disappointed, sir? Not at all. I was passing by and my horse went lame. I see. I, I just want to tell you that I'm furious with my brother and with Kathy. They received you most shamefully last night. Your brother didn't send you with this apology, eh? Oh, no. In fact, he's forbidden me to... Forbidden you to, um, to speak to me? Yes. And Kathy also forbade you? Yes. Then in all the moorland, you're my only friend? I... I would like to be. Thank you. Miss Linton, I enjoy frankness. You didn't come here to apologize, and your horse didn't go lame. Why... You came here because you're lonely. Because the house you live in is too happily wedded for an outsider. Because it's no joy to ride the moors alone. Isn't that right? Yes. Then you needn't be lonely anymore, my dear. Oh. You think it's strange that I should kiss you? I... I don't know. You hated it? No, 
I see you like frankness, too. The same strange power that Heathcliff had held over Cassie, he seemed to hold over Isabella, too. Against her brother's wishes, she came often to Weathering Heights, and she was seen many times with Heathcliff riding across the moor. Then one night, there was a party at Linton Manor. Heathcliff had not been invited, but he came as Isabella's guest. He danced every dance with her, but his looks were all for Cassie. Dark, brooding looks, until the guests grew uncomfortable and left before the evening had well begun. Later that night, Cassie went to Isabella's room. Isabella, may I come in? If you wish. You getting ready for bed? Yes. Wasn't it a lovely dance tonight? Though I think you could have been more gracious to my guest. Isabella, may I speak to you for a moment? Well? You behaved disgracefully. In what way, may I ask? It was bad enough asking Heathcliff here without consulting us or preparing... You'd have forbidden me. But to make a spectacle of yourself. To throw yourself at him the way you did. Nobody else would pay attention to him. You refused to dance with him. I had to dance. Every dance is a result. Oh, you fool. You vain little fool. Really, Cassie? I'm going to open your eyes, Isabella. He's using you. Using you to be near me. To smile at me behind your back. To stare at me until our guests fear his murderous gypsy look. To try to rouse something in my heart that's dead. Well, I shan't let you help him any longer. So that's what you mean. <laughs> it's you who are vain and foolish, Cassie. He's kissed in love with me. It's a lie. It's not a lie. He's told me so. He's kissed me. He's... Yes, kissed me. Held me in his arms. Told me he loves me. Isabella, I'm going to your brother. Yes, go to Edgar. Tell him Heathcliff's asked me to marry him. And that I said yes. You hear? Yes. Isabella, you can't. He's not a man. He's something horrible and dark to live with. I know why you say such things. Because you love him. How dare you say you that? You do love him. You're mad with pain and jealousy at the thought of my marrying him. Because you want him to pine for you, dream of you, die for you. While you're safe as the lovely Mrs. Edgar Linton. You won't have him happy. You want to hurt him, destroy him. But I want to make him happy. And I will. I will. <laughs> I won't say I'm not surprised to see you. Does Edgar know? I doubt if he'd approve. Heathcliff, is it true? Is what true? Did you ask Isabella to marry you? Did you? <laughs> oh, Heathcliff, you mustn't do this villainous thing. She's never harmed you. No, but you have harmed me. Then punish me. That's what I intend to do. I don't understand. Every moment I hold her in my arms, when I kiss her, when I promise her life and happiness, you'll be punished. You'd marry her. To do that? Yes, to teach you the ways of pain and the hell I'm in. Heathcliff, this is worse than I thought. If there's anything human left in you, don't make me a partner to this crime. It's mad and stupid. If your heart were only stronger than your dull care for the world and its conventions, I'd live silent and content in your shadow, begging for an occasional word or thought as I used to do. But no, you had to destroy me with that weakness you call virtue. You had to keep me... Tormented with that cruelty you think so pious. How have I been cruel? You wished to be known as the finest lady in the county. You wanted your luxury and your light. 
At the same time, you wanted to keep me your despairing lover. Now that I'm returned, had you given me the smile of love, I might have been content. Well, now you needn't think of me as your despairing and foolish lover. You can think of me as Isabella's husband and be glad for my happiness, as I am glad for yours. Curtain rises on the third act of Wuthering Heights. crumbling house on Wuthering Heights a hundred years ago. A candle burns low in the dreary guest room. There's no sound but the wind outside and the hushed voice of the old maidservant as she tells her story. It was then that Isabella Linton came into this house as a bride. Yes, Heathcliff married her out of revenge. The same revenge that made him keep Hindley here. A doddering, broken fool slowly drinking himself into the grave. Isabella learned the reason for her marriage to Heathcliff. But she was powerless to do anything. And then one day, Dr. Kenneth, an old friend, came to see her. He had come that morning from Linton Manor. I tell you, Isabella, go back where you belong. To Edgar's house. Edgar disowns me, Dr. Kenneth. I know, but he needs you now. Kathy's gravely ill. Really? Didn't you know? It's a matter of days now. Perhaps hours. She, she can't be dying. Fever. Inflammation of the lungs. This intense cold and... and something else. Something else? Yes. I'd call it the will to die. Kathy dies, I might begin to live. Isabella... Begin to live. In this house with Heathcliff, nothing can live. No, Henley. Nothing but hate. Goodbye. So you think you'll begin to live when Cathy dies? Well, you won't. Henley, what is it? This house. I can feel the hate within it like a, a crushing weight. Of course you can. And you. He hates you even more than he does me. Stop it. Loathes you. Every time you kiss him, his heart breaks with rage that it's not Kathy. Isabella, why don't you do what I've been too weak to do? Kill him. Don't talk to me. Get away. Kill him. Kill him while there's still time to save your immortal soul. <laughs> well, Hendley, remarkable. Heathcliff. Really, Hendley, the first coherent speech I've heard from you in weeks. Heathcliff, please don't. I, I tried to stop him. Thank you, my dear wife. Your loyalty is touching. Your curses will come home to feed on your own heart. Every agony you've given will return. Laugh now, Heathcliff. There's no laughter in hell. Heathcliff, why do you have him here? I can't breathe with him in this house. Existence would be so much less without my boyhood friend under my roof. Oh, Heathcliff, you poison yourself with paying him back what he gave you. Send him away. And love will come to this house. Kiss me, Heathcliff. Tell me you love me. Tell me, darling. Why isn't there the smell of heather in your hair? Oh, Heathcliff, let me come near you, please. You're not black and horrible as they say. 
It's just you're full of pain, all twisted inside. I can make you happy, my darling. Let me, please. You'll never regret letting me try. I'll be your slave. I bring life to you, life and sunshine and freshness. Put your arms around me. Look into my eyes. Your eyes are empty, like Clinton's. They aren't empty. If you look deeper, look at me. I'm pretty. I'm a woman. Let your heart see me just once. It's no use. Why did God give me life? What is it but hunger and pain, a naked runner and a storm of spears? Mistress Isabella, Ellen. What do you want here, Ellen? I've come from Linton Manor to speak to Mistress Isabella. And then you'll do so in front of me. Her brother is asking that she come home for a visit. So, he's lost some of his pride, has he? Well, there's none gone in this house. Please, Mistress Isabella, he needs you. Needs her? What is this, Ellen? Why does he need her? Let go of me. Capizio. Yes. She's dying. Tell me the truth. Yes. She is dying. Dying. Joseph. You're not going, Heathcliff. Yes, sir. Saddle my horse at once. No, she belongs to Edgar. She belongs to me. If she's dying, let her die in his arms where she belongs. Let her die. Now who let speaks it... of hate? Get out of my way. Oh, no, no. And there was a murmur from the height. Far away and wild, heartbroken moan. The wings of Lucifer beat on the night. The soul of Lucifer wept all alone. Shall I read some more, darling? No, Edgar. Will you open the window? Won't it be too cold? Please. Of course, darling. Oh. Now I can smell the heather. Edgar, isn't there a south wind? Isn't the snow almost gone? Yes, quite gone. Edgar, will you? Will you get me something? Anything you wish, my darling. Some heather. There's a beautiful patch near the castle. Will you get it from there, Edgar? Castle, Kathy. The castle on the moors, of course. Bring me some from there, Edgar. You're in a fever, dear. There is no castle on the moors. There is. There is. On the little hill beyond Wuthering Heights. You mean Penniston Crag? Yes. Yes, please go. But why do you call it a castle? Because I was a queen there once. Will you bring me the heather, darling? Yes. If you rest while I'm gone and sleep. You're so kind. So good. Oh, my darling. You made me the finest lady in the county. Such lovely clothes. I've, I've always adored that velvet dress most. Wasn't it a wonderful dress, Ed? Wonderful when you wore it. And you'll wear it again soon, my Kathy. Go now, please. Get me the heather so I can have it on my pillow. Sleep, my darling. I'll be back with the flower you want. Where is she? Where's Kathy? She is not to be disturbed, sir. Master Edgar's gone to the doctor. Get out of my way! 
Cathy. Oh, Cathy. Heathcliff. Come here. Cathy, my life. How could I bear this? I dreamed you'd come before I died. And when you came in my dream, you scowled at me once more. Cathy. Because it hurt so much. See me, darling. Please, Cathy. Don't hurt me. How strong you look, Heathcliff. How many years do you think you'll live on? After? Cathy, you're my life. My soul. Oh. Oh, my darling. Don't let me go. If only I could hold you till we were both dead. Please. Please don't speak of death. Will you forget me? Will you be happy? When I'm in the earth? Never. Will you say, this is the grave of Catherine Earnshaw? I loved her long ago and wept to lose her. But all is past. I could as soon forget you as my own life. If you die, Cathy, if you die, there will be no peace for me ever. Poor Heathcliff. I want to die. To escape. Why did you betray your heart? Cathy, you killed yourself. Shh, my darling. Hold me. Just hold me. No, I'll not comfort you. You deserve this. My heart. I never broke your heart, Kathy. You broke it. My tears don't love you, Kathy. They blight and damn you. You love me. What right did you to throw away my love for that poor fancy thing you felt for him? I found out Misery and death and all evil could never have parted us. You did that alone, Kathy. You wandered off like a greedy child to break your own heart. And mine. I know. I know, Heathcliff. Forgive me. Oh, Cathy. Your wasted hands. Why didn't someone tell me? I forgive you for what you've done. I love you. I love my murderer. Heathcliff. Carry me to the window. Let me look at the moors, will you? Once more. Oh, my darling. Once more. Yes. Yes. Oh, how lovely the sky looks. And, and over there is our castle. Remember? I'll never forget. The castle Heathcliff. I'll be waiting there. Until you come. I'll be waiting there. Goodbye. Heathcliff. Cathy. Cathy! No! Heathcliff! They're coming! Master Edgar, for heaven's sakes, go and... 
falls on the timeless love story of Kathy and Heathcliff, and Wuthering Heights fades into the past. But we'll return to the present and bring back Ida Lupino and Basil Rathbone for a hail and farewell. Oh, but not a farewell to the story of Wuthering Heights, Mr. DeMille. I don't think the world will ever let it die. Well said, Ida. And to play in it is one of the unforgettable experiences of an actor's life. Do you know, C.B., I have a... Well, still another reason be grateful for the privilege of being your Heathcliff tonight. Another reason? Huh. It strikes me I'm the one should be grateful to you. No, C.B., 
I'm delighted to play a part that isn't all villain for a change. Why, Basil, I didn't know you felt that way about villains. You must remember that, Mr. DeMille. Oh, by the way, I listened in last week and discovered you were in New York. What's the report on Broadway? Well, Broadway is just as busy as Hollywood, Ida. I had a kind of busman's holiday going to the theater. <laughs> well, that may not be a holiday, but it's a very good way to find place for the Lux Radio Theater. And now, before we leave the stage, I'd like to tell the audience just one thing about Lux Soap that's from my own experience. Lux Soap is the gentlest complexion care I've found anywhere. I've used it ever since I came to Hollywood. I like it better all the time. That enthusiasm for Lux Soap must be contagious, either. Everywhere I went, I found it had plenty of friends. What about next Monday night, C.B.? Next Monday night? Well, Basil, we're, we're going to present a play that was a great success on the screen. Nothing sacred. And our stars will be Douglas Fairbanks, Jr. and Joan Bennett. You'll hear Joan Bennett at a, at a girl who becomes a national heroine overnight. And Douglas Fairbanks, Jr. as the reporter who made her famous. Nothing sacred is a romantic comedy with a surprise twist. And behind it all is a warm human story. I, I know you'll enjoy next Monday night. Oh, yes, I saw the picture. With Joan Bennett and Douglas Fairbanks, Jr. in the cast, I think you'll have a great radio play, Mr. DeMille. I'm certainly going to listen. Good night. Good night. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money.